You're listening to Seahawks Stories, taking you behind the scenes with your favorite current and former Seahawks. Play fake, drops back, going to throw it deep. Got a man. It's Metcalf. He's out there. Touchdown, Seahawks. Powered by Seahawks.com. Turbin in the backfield with Wilson, who goes out of the shotgun. Look out, here comes the blitz. Russell steps up. Now he's got a scramble. Now he dumps it. Turbin. Midfield, 45-40, down the near sideline, 30. 25, puts his head down. What a run. By Turbin, he's all the way down to the Chargers' 21-yard line. A 32-yard pickup. Now, here's your host, Super Bowl 48 champion, Robert Turbin. Second and four from his own 34. McMahon throws intercepted again. It's Satupu. He's inside the 20, the 15, the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Seahawks. Two interceptions, two touchdowns for the Seahawks. A 34-yard return. Lofa Tatupu, welcome to the NFL, baby. What's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Robert Turbin, a.k.a. Turbo, in the building once again for another beautiful episode of Seahawks stories. I got the one and only. You heard it. Pick six man himself. Lofa Tatupu joining the building with me. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm blessed, man. Thank you for having me. Talk about that pick six right there. Huh? Linebackers don't get too many of those. Man, I was blessed to have two of them, and I remember them very well. But that one was uh, Philly. They ran the stick concept, you know, the tight end five yards out. And I just, uh, you know, I pulled the, pulled the trigger, shoot the gun, as they like to say, and you got to make the most of the opportunities. And I'm just lucky it was only 34 yards because I did not want to get caught <laughs> by the quarterback. <laughs> you, uh, who, who, you remember who the quarterback was? Ty Detmer. Detmer? Yeah. Okay. And, and what about your other pick six? Um, Jimmy Clausen, Carolina, 26 yards, left flats. Okay. All right. All right. You know, I, I, I only ask because you never know, like – you know, you know, you, you get an interception off somebody who's like, you know, maybe you grew up watching or idolized growing up. Any any of those come to mind? I, I tipped a couple footballs from Brett Favre. Uh, I didn't. He threw too too hard for me to catch it. You know, I, I'm a linebacker for a reason, Turbo. <laughs> yeah, he was a he was a gunslinger for sure. Well, listen, man, you had a very decorated career both in college and in the NFL. You know, let's start at the collegiate level, right? You play for Pete Carroll, who's currently you know, the Seahawks coach now, you guys been able to, uh, were able to do some great things uh, at USC. Uh, so just talk about the process of choosing USC as the school you wanted to go to uh, and then the successes you guys were able to have. Well, I grew up in Massachusetts, and so I wasn't highly recruited. Um, it's, it's not exactly a hotbed for recruits, uh, you know, for top 100. <laughs> so um, going out of high school, I got recruited by three colleges, UConn, Rutgers, and Temple. And they wanted me to play quarterback. And so I didn't see a lot of 5'11 Samoan quarterbacks in the NFL. So it was kind of my first business decision that I took a scholarship to play linebacker for the UMaine Black Bears. And then upon having a a successful freshman campaign, I decided to transfer. And uh, I was supposed to go to Oregon. They had this full scholarship lined up, but unbeknownst to me, my, my dad had sent the tape to USC, and uh, we, we stopped by for a visit before taking off to, to Oregon. And I'll never forget the day. I'm in Heritage Hall. There's all the Heismans. There's all the, all the national championship banners. And uh, Pete Carroll walks up, and he says, if I give you the scholarship, will you come here over Oregon? And I said, absolutely. And he shook my hand. He said, congratulations, you're a Trojan. Wow. Wow. That must have been a – an amazing feeling at the moment and at the time. You talk about all of the national championships you uh, were witnessing there uh, over the course of your visit. You were able to 
win two of them, right? 2003, 2004, uh, you know, Super Bowl champion, but never won it at the collegiate level. I mean, big deal. Just talk about, you know, those two championships, what they meant to you and uh, just, the, you know, just the overall feel of it. Yeah, no, it was incredible, man. What we were able to do uh, with my t- my time down there with Pete in, in 26 games that I was blessed to play and start there, we were 25 and one. We lost one game in triple overtime. And, uh, you know, we could have done our. Was that, was that Texas? It was, was no, that? that was the year after me. Oh, okay. That okay. was the national championship okay. after me. Okay. This was to Cal uh, and a guy by the name of Aaron Rodgers. You know, oh, okay. people know him. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that was our only blemish. But it was just, it was amazing. I mean, you know, with your time here and how amazing that offense and defense were, the team, it was, it was, it's all about the team. And so we did something special down there. And what really meant a lot to me is every day, Right outside the linebackers' locker room was the national championship from 1974, and my dad was on that team. Wow. And so I got to pass his picture every day, and it's just a little added incentive and motivation, you know, to uh, to make him and the school proud. And so now there's a plaque, 74, sitting there, and next to it is the 2004 with yeah. my picture on it. Well, it sounds like your dad had a plan when he snuck that tape yeah. over there to USC while you were uh, visiting Oregon. He said he wanted to – follow in his footsteps talk about your dad and and just his impact on your life and how much uh you know he was an inspiration to you oh man my hero um you know he was a 14-year NFL veteran um and also my my coach so I got to learn a lot of football but those are some some bumpy times uh you can imagine a coach you know, with the expectations of being a former player, but then also your dad. And so uh, we got into it a couple of times, but it was some of the greatest times I ever had uh, playing for him. And then just, you know, always talking ball with me and telling me what the offense is really trying to get done on each play, formation, recognition. So I really I attribute a lot of my success to, to not only having that experience, but then also being down there with Pete and all those coaches. They, you know, they really teach you the game and they're, they're phenomenal teachers of the game. Staying at USC just for a moment, you know, any any kind of behind-the-scenes teammate, uh, you know, story that kind of sticks out to you during your your time there, winning championships and balling out? Um, it was just incredible, man. I, I love all – I still talk to all my guys, you know, from SC. And so, I mean, I think very similar to you when you won your championship here, right? It's There's a bond created after all what you go through and sacrifice that it only gets strengthened, uh, the brotherhood, when, when you win the championship, the, yeah. the ultimate sacrifice we all, we all make. You know, I saw you over the weekend, and uh, you talked about having the opportunity to run out of the tunnel at USC again, first time in 20, what, 20, 20 years? Two decades, brother. Two decades, man. So, uh, you know, just talk about how that, what that feeling was like to be able to do that. And, and they got the win against, I think it was Oregon State, uh, right? Fresno. They got Fresno. Yeah, Oregon was this week. Fresno was one we went down. Okay. There, yeah. And, yeah, so just talk about that feeling, what it was like to be able to do that, you know, again. It was incredible. Um, I left as a junior after my junior year, so I didn't get the senior night that most guys get, the farewell, you know, their final game, and they know it's their final game in, in whatever stadium. Ours the Coliseum, and it's such a historical place. Um, so many great games been played there. But to run down the tunnel, just to have my kids there, because they my kids are too young. They didn't even know I dad played football. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. And so and was good. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And so for them getting to see their grandfather, who they never met, and and my picture on the walls, and just how decorated and the tradition you know that USC has and holds. And I think we're really on the cusp of doing something great down there with Lincoln Riley and those guys. So, but uh, the atmosphere was electric. 
running down there, man. I could see the look. It was like leading your boys out there again one last time. And I, I hope that all of my, you know, fellow Trojans and everybody gets to do it at their 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 university because there's nothing like it, man. Yeah. It was it was unbelievable. Yeah. Well, just, uh, you know, my opinion may not matter, but I do have USC making the top four this year. You know what I mean? Let's Getting go. into that playoff and uh, having an opportunity to compete for the national title once again. Oh, you know, my favorite good. USC game was against – was was that game against Texas? Although in an L, I thought it was one of the, you know, I mean, arguably the greatest college game in the history of college football. See, being a running back, I thought you were going to go Fresno Reggie Bush, you know, that historic game where he had almost 500 yards of offense by himself. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. he was he was balling when he stopped on the sideline and kind of yeah. yeah. He did the, <laughs> I don't know what you talk about, but no, that one was a that one was a classic, man, just because of all the back and forth. Um, but. You, uh, you mentioned that you left as a junior, so I'm curious, you know, what went into the decision to, for you to leave early, USC, uh, and then you get drafted to Seattle. They trade up to get yeah. you. So, like, like this this the man right here, okay? Yeah. We need to get him. So, talk about that feeling as well. They took a lot of heat for that pick, you know? They <laughs> said, uh, I, I never forget sitting there on draft day, like, they take, uh, they trade up two forts and swap to second to take an undersized linebacker from USC. And I, you know, that kind of helped with the chip on my shoulder, you know, which I've always had, not getting recruited, everything, overcoming all that adversity. But, you know, yeah, it was an unlikely jump, you know, transferring in to leaving early. It's, you know, everybody's like, are you crazy? And I just felt like, you know, it was time to move on, man. I I, I didn't think another 100 tackles or another couple interceptions and sacks was going to propel me into that first round where, you know, all the pretty boys are, man. The first rounders, you, there's a difference between a first and a second rounder. And so um, I wasn't going to run the 4-4-40 that they wanted. And I was like, you know what? I've, my, my, my body of work should speak for itself. And, yeah. and it did. And uh, it just takes one to fall in love with you. And, and the Hawks did. And I'm grateful because, man, I'd never been, you know, up to, to Washington or Seattle. And, you know, when you get here, it's just breathtaking. And how much this is a football, you know, city. You know, it's a lot of people don't understand until they go experience it and go sit with the 12s at the game. You think USC wins that national title if you're on a team that next season against against Texas? Oh man, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, Vince, Vince Young was doing his thing, man. It's they uh, needed you, uh, quarterback spy, man. Yeah, but you know, people leave all the time. You know, Tommy Harris, he left Oklahoma. He was uh -huh. a phenomenal, like two-time consensus All-American. And I still say, even though it was lopsided, 55-19, if he's at that Oklahoma game the year before, I don't know how it goes down because that sure. that was a vaunt. That was a tough front seven that they had yeah, and, and yeah. he was the anchor so um it's fun to play in the hypotheticals but uh i don't know i can't i, I plead the fifth <laughs> <laughs> well you come off the national title 04 you get drafted in 05 you make the all rookie team as a rookie uh with the seattle seahawks you're part of the super bowl team as well so you're probably thinking you know you, you're on this you're on this high ride right now, back-to-back <laughs> -back national titles. Then you're in the Super Bowl, man. Talk about that experience. I mean, it was a whirlwind, man. I mean, just the, the longest, you know, playing as long as you can um, each each season and, you know, getting ready for a 16-game season plus, preseason plus playoffs. It was incredible. And, and luckily, I just had so much help around me, including third-rounder, fellow linebacker Leroy Hill, absolute yeah. beast. So yeah. uh, I didn't have to go it alone, so to speak. And – and I just uh, – it was one of the most fun years of football I ever had because the team – everybody just loved playing football 
and playing for each other. And I think that's that's how you get to the Super Bowl, just such as you and your boys did. And um, yeah, uh, Super Bowl participant, you know, can't say Super Bowl champion. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right, man. Um, you know, the draft experience is, is, is a little different for everybody. And we talked about Seattle trading up and how that made you feel. You know, obviously there's a good side to that because, you know, a team wants you and then you know, there's a chip on your shoulder because people are like, what? You know, why, why, why are you doing that? And, and did you did you think you were going to go somewhere else? Did you know what, what was that like? You know, it was wild. So you go usually you go to the combine and, you know, you, you kind of uh, talk to teams. And, and, and then even after that, there's all these trips that you're allowed to take. Right. I didn't have one single trip. And really? so I'm sitting there after the combine, like, did I mess up? Like, are these draft <laughs> pundits right? I'm not going to get drafted. And uh, not, so I guess they were just playing their cards close to the vest, and uh, they didn't want to, you know, tip their hands, so to speak. So um, I did have one call with the Buccaneers and the Bengals, who also had second-round picks and had a need at linebacker. So I, I thought really it was going to be one of those two. Barrett Rude went first pick of the second round in front of me, and then um, – the, the Bengals, when we talking to them, they said, if he's there at 48, we'll take him, but we're not going to trade up for him. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I think Seattle got wind and they moved in. Um, and then since he ended up with one of my favorite linebackers, Odell Thurman from Georgia, man, okay. he was a beast. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So you play for Mike Holmgren, right, when you come in. You had a little short stint with Coach Moore. Moore was here right? for a year, yep. yeah, one year. And then your boy comes <laughs> in. Coach Carroll, you know, so just talk about playing for each coach and then obviously having the opportunity to play for your college coach uh, as well once he uh, was able to roll in from yeah, USC. You know, Jim didn't really get a uh, – he, he had one year. He didn't. I don't think he really got a fair shake to, to really see what, what he was capable of doing. Um, and uh, But with, with Holmgren, my first five years, and then uh, Pete, my last year, and then I had him three in college. So uh, very – Different contrasting styles, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, even just look at him. Mike's six six. You know, Pete's. <laughs> I don't know five. I'll give him five nine, five ten. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just you know, Pete's very energetic. Hey, let's go. You know, and I don't want to say rah rah. I think they, they, you know that discredits you know really how how much he helps you know mold and and, and get these guys to play at a, a higher level. Um, but he is. There's something about that energy that resonates, and and it really you feed off of. And then with with Mike was very disciplinarian. And Mike, you know, I know he hated penalties. Um, and you always knew where you stood with him. And, you know, you didn't want to stand on the sideline with him if you messed up because <laughs> he would let you have it. But it was, um, I think, three or four years that I played with Mike, we were number one or in the top three in, in penalties, uh, not getting penalties. And so that he always said it's hard enough when you're doing everything right. To, to beat another team in the National Football League, do not beat yourself. Yeah, and so that was um, that was really one of the things that I think we really did well was the discipline when we were playing with them. One of the great quarterbacks of all time here in Seattle, Matt Hasselback, teammate that you played with. Your dad uh, was teammates with Matt Hasselback's father uh, back in the uh, back in the day with the Patriots. So you know, what was your relationship like with Matt? Um, 
And, uh, you know, did you ever, you know, give him some tips? You're a high school quarterback. So did you ever try to give him some <laughs> tips offensively on how to throw that thing around? <laughs> I mean, I think I could still throw it farther than him. You know, yeah, I said that, Matthew. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I, I knew the Hasselbecks very well growing up. Matt's a couple years older than me, so I competed against his youngest brother, Nathaniel, who was a phenomenal athlete. And then Tim was, uh, of course, between them, and he went to Boston College and played with several teams in the NFL. Um, but, yeah, man, it was it was special, you know, that bond because we knew each other growing up, but then when we come to a whole different city and, and you got two kids from the Tri-Town area, which is Rentham, Plainville, uh, and Norfolk, and he grew up in Norfolk and I grew up in Plainville, for to have two Tri-Town kids representing, you know, um, as, as captains on offense and defense of a team was uh, a pretty unbelievable experience. You played with, uh, you know, some of the, I guess, new era kind of guys well maybe not so not so new but you know the guy the KJ Wrights of the world was a rookie yeah. during your last year the following year Bobby Wagner comes in you know uh and there's some other young players uh who trickled in as well and you've stayed here in Seattle you know and you are the loudest guy in the suites <laughs> when the Seahawks are playing the biggest fan Probably the biggest critic, too, you know. <laughs> hey, good or bad, you know you're going to hear me. <laughs> so just talk about your relationship, you know, as new guys, as your career kind of ended. And obviously, yeah. you know, that transition can be up and down for everybody. But just, you know, how you were supportive of the new guys who continue to roll into this program. Yeah, I mean, John and Pete have done a phenomenal job bringing in guys such as yourself that were just ready to take it over and take it to a whole new level. And, um, you know, uh, of course, I got to play with, with Cam and Earl. They were rookies my last year, too. And, like, the, the Legion of Boom, you know, Sherm, and all of them came just the year after in 11. And so just I, I could see it when we were, you know, when the draft classes were rolling in. It was a different caliber of athlete. And it was kind of reminding me of the times when I was at SC. I was like, wow, man, you got all these top five, these, these amazing football players. And uh, when it comes together, it's beautiful. And so – I just tried to do my best to just, you know, uh, relay any information I could about, you know, what helped me, you know, become better. Um, and mine was a very cerebral game. I wasn't gifted with the uh, athletic prowess as some of these guys. <laughs> but, um, you know, so and then I got to coach. I really think that was the biggest thing in 15 and 16. Got to coach and um, really got to impart some wisdom to, to KJ and Bobby. And not that they really needed any. They were already rolling. But, it, you know, Ken Norton did a phenomenal job with them. And so I just tried to support them in any way I could. And um, it's, it's, been, it's been amazing. Yeah, it sounds like you tried to get guys turned up too. KJ said at his press conference <laughs> that he's chilling in a sweet sip of tequila with Lofa, man. You know, you're trying to get everybody juiced stuff, huh? Hey, man, energy's contagious, baby. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's probably – I got I got some shout-outs. I'm lucky enough to get some shout-outs, um, even at a Hall of Fame speech or two. But KJ's saying that he's going to run around the suites drinking tequila with me. It was probably the coolest shout-out I ever got. That's what's up, man. So what is your fondest memory of being a Seattle Seahawk? I mean, draft day is special to everybody because it's the day, you know, kind of like little girls dream of their wedding days. Sure. Little boys dream of getting drafted. Yeah. And, and that's the truth. And so that was awesome, being around all my family and um, having them see not just years of my hard work, but also their support come to fruition. And then on top of it, um, 
winning the championship here, the first NFC championship. It was, uh, you know, it hadn't been done. It was done in front of everybody, the city of Seattle. And uh, unfortunately, we came up a little short in the in the Super Bowl. But, yeah, that NFC championship, I'll never forget. And uh, I'm just glad that you guys brought it home, you know, a couple years later. Well, we, wouldn't, we couldn't have done it without the support of Big Loaf to Tupu, man. Um, last question that I have for you. Um, you know, because you talked about your style as a as a as a linebacker not being the most athletic, but you I mean you had some legendary games, right? Uh, multiple three interception games, you know, uh, you know, huge sack numbers and, and and things like that. So just talk about, I guess, just your preparation and and you know what made you such a dominant linebacker in this league. It was definitely everybody around me <laughs> is what made okay. me better. But um, playing playing the team sport, man, loved it. Loved going out there with my brothers. But in terms of preparation, I give a lot of credit to the, the guys that I had. Nick Holt, SC, Rocky Seto, Ken Norton. They really, like I say, it was an NFL organization that Pete was running down there in terms of, you know, knowing what to do, you know, uh, time on the clock, position on the field, uh, everything, formation recognition, tendencies. I had all that and all that prep work for two or three years. That's why I, when I transitioned to the NFL, it was pretty seamless. Mm-hmm. It looked like I had been there before, and I felt like I had been there before. And so, um, you know, that was my edge. And then I was just trying to relay the information as quick as I can because there's only, what, a couple seconds before that play's called and that ball snap. And so on any shift or motion, I already would go to the next play. Okay, they're 90% run out of that. They're, they're you know, 75%. And then that gives you the indicator as to when you can take a shot. Because knowing when to take a shot is just as important as taking the shot. And I think yeah. some guys can't differentiate that. All right, one more, one more. I know I said I had one more question. <laughs> but, you know, I'm talking to a linebacker, and so it makes me think as a running back of the, of the day, see, I'm still old enough to experience the Oklahoma days, Ooh. right, but young enough to experience the transition, right, out of the two a days when you know when the, when the rules change and so I'm just I'm just curious you know is there a running back that was the toughest to tackle oh. or that 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 you know your your bell was rung like this was the guy that was just he was just it was going to be a long day with him it's the NFL so you know everybody I mean you didn't have to look much farther than the NFC West when I was there Edge James Hall of Fame. I believe my boy Sean Alexander deserves a Hall of Fame. Finally going to the Ring of Honor. Steven Jackson. I mean, they was stacked. Frank Gore, Hall yeah. of Fame. Uh-huh. Like that that was, you know, kind of the starting four. But when it comes to the best I ever faced, and I always say this hands down, Fred Taylor. Oh man. I'm telling you, I, I, I don't know if you got to, you know, really <laughs> oh, witness what? and play. Yes, but I did. My God. Yes, I, mean, I did. He could do whatever he wanted, Turbo. It's like he can outrun you. I mean, he could juke you, he could run you over. So it's, um, you know, and I'm sure I probably have a little PTSD because it was my first start. And, you know, I'm just trying to get guys lined up. And then I was like, oh, my God, this guy's fast, too. Because on the film, he was just trucking everybody. And right. so it was uh, a rare combination of size, speed, and athleticism. And, um, you know, if you look at those numbers, man, he, he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Freddie Taylor. Love it. Love it. Freddie Great Savage. Back. Well, uh, Loaf, I appreciate you coming on the show today, man. Um you know, I got a quick one for you, but uh, we're going to have to wrap this one up, man. So, hey, we'll catch you next time. want to say thank you to everybody who tuned into this episode. Can't wait for another one next week. Seahawks stories, baby. Keep it locked.